As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. You know, I don't know about you, John, or listeners out there, but a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it, which I, I definitely think that's true, especially if you're like watching a game where it's the last part of like a five-team parlay where you put like five bucks on it because you know you're not like a you don't have a lot of money just throw around on gambling but a parlay is a way you can justify you're trying to spend a little money and having something come through but sometimes i have a gut feeling about a matchup sometimes i'm just betting on my team because they're my team i don't know if that's a good idea john i try not to bet on old miss even though this copy says that um regardless is that, that's a fair tactic, right? I, I don't know if I want to build on any old Miss coach right now. Nope. Regardless of what you've been betting for years, you're ready to play for the first time. My bookie is your best bet this season. Uh, and that's really that's really true. I've actually suggested my bookie to friends. Um, I myself, if I'm interested in what a line is, I put a little money on a game or a parlay, I definitely will turn to my bookie. It's super easy. You can use it anywhere. Um, I already mentioned the parlay that's here in the talking points. Um, you, you, you like a couple of favorites this week. A parlay is a perfect play because you can bet multiple games together for a bigger payout in case you don't know. Um, if you're going to bet this season, and I'm not sure what season this is, we're kind of in a dead period, but if you're going to bet on some uh, uh, NFL, AFC, NFC championship action, you got the Super Bowl coming up, uh, obviously NBA season's in full swing. If you're going to bet on some MLB uh, coming up here soon, you want to bet on the next team to, to, to come down with the Astros as this uh, league-wide cheating scandal broadens, uh, you should do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie. If you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit if you use our promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. C-H-A-I-R, double your cash on your first deposit. So go to mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, on to the show. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your... Irregular dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Back tonight with my co-host, John Stefanczyk, after a, a nice little break from the show. Uh, we're back from an extended holiday. Uh, time off only from podcasting. I think both of us have been working. Uh, definitely not taking a holiday this long from work. But um, you know, maybe that's the reason why it's find hard to find time to record the show. But hey, we're here now. John, what's up? How you doing, buddy? It's 2020. We're here. We are here. We, we're going to try recording again. I think Alex Kaur and AJ Hinch may have stolen our Wi-Fi for the night, but we'll get through it. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. I, I um... guess we're we're both tied to this uh, baseball stealing scandal. You're in Houston, right? Up here in New England, but it's funny. I. I 
I haven't. Looks like I haven't been watching sports or anything. I just don't. I just don't know if anybody. How many people really care at the end of the day? I don't know. I feel like um, it, it seems like a big deal here. I guess because, like you said, we're in Houston, kind of at the center of the scandal. Uh, and then I think it's a big deal with certain aggrieved fan bases. I feel like the Yankees are, are trying to make it a huge thing because they lost to the Astros in the ALCS this year, obviously. Uh, so they're butthurt yeah. about that. Um, they can shut. I just I, I don't know how much baseball scandals really move the needle. Um, I don't think I don't think it compares to even like a more minor football scandal like a Deflate Gate or something, just in terms of people talking about it. Because I feel like MLB is still pretty regional at this point. Like a lot of people have regional teams, but na- nationally, I don't know how many how many there are just like pure MLB fans compared to maybe the NFL. Uh, or even yeah. the NBA. I also think that it's, I mean, I don't know. I'm biased. I'm an Astros fan, but I, I'm also not like, first of all, I think a lot of people are doing it. I think that's usually what happens when people get caught cheating in, in any sport is that it turns out it was much more widespread than maybe it's being made out to be. Uh, and yeah. I also think that stealing signs is like kind of a, a core part of baseball for a long time. So maybe they were doing it on a, uh, a much like larger level, you know, maybe they were using video technology to steal the signs, whatever. Um, I just, I, I think the punishment is very harsh. I mean, if even if you're really mad at the Astros for doing it, I, I would hope you could admit that suspending Hinch for a year, which led to him being fired and then losing first and second round draft picks for the next two years is like a pretty steep punishment. So, um, you know, I, I think you should at least be happy with the punishment if you're a, uh, if you're someone that's mad about what the Astros did, but I don't know. How are people taking it up there? What's the what's the read on Cora? I mean, I think it's fairly similar. Hey, we had other people doing this stuff. What's funny is Bill Belichick's not the biggest cheater in Boston anymore. That's really <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. He's off the hook. Yeah, he is, so. Yeah, Carlos Beltran got fired today. Yep, or left, or whatever the hell it is. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just a cluster in in Major League Baseball. I don't know. It is what whatever. it is. Whatever it is, what it is. We just figured we'd notice, and move on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's I don't know. It's like the biggest story going on in sports right now. It's kind of a it's kind of a dead period leading up to the Super Bowl. There's, there's really no other game in town uh, unless you want to watch an, ML, an NBA game every night or something. Yeah, I mean, but biggest thing you got right now because you got you got Bucks, Celtics, and Milwaukee tonight. But hell, mm. it's basketball in January. Whoop the shit, you know. Yeah, for me, it doesn't really move the needle. And then throw in the fact that uh, Ole Miss is is really sucking it up in basketball this year as well, and um, kind of not a, not a big sports time right now for me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it this. This Ole Miss basketball team is blo- is really self-destructed in many respects. It looks like there's some – there's definitely chemistry locker room issues. Uh, C did not travel to Florida. Um, mm-hmm. They played a horrendous second half against A&M in mm-hmm. their opener. They blew multiple double-digit leads in the second half against Arkansas. They got smoked pretty good by Florida Tuesday night, and then I forget they have LSU at home this weekend. I mean, yeah, about to go zero and four in the league. SEC's not that not that great this year. LSU doesn't care. They just they just won a national title. Probably one of the 
one of the one of the best college, and definitely in the conversation of best college team of all time. I feel like, um, you know, it's hard to nitpick, et cetera. But there's a lot of talent on the field. Burrow, Burrow probably, you know, Burrow had one of the two or three best college seasons ever, arguably the best. I mean, hell of an accomplishment. Ed Orgeron, baby, congrats to him. It's amazing how the world works. Yeah, and, and that felt that felt inevitable. We haven't spoken since the uh, the playoffs started, but I think after the way LSU handled Oklahoma, um, you know, you could you could kind of throw some in on the argument that like, well, Clemson has a ton of experience at this level of play. You know, Trevor Lawrence has a proven track record of winning this game, but still, it, it felt like burrow and lsu are going to kind of be inevitable at least on offense and then i really from watching that game in the third quarter the turning point came when lsu's defense just really stepped up and, and clemson and shut clemson down a couple of really big drives uh yeah. and at that point it was like you, you knew that no matter what happened it, it was gonna be impossible for clemson to catch up with lsu's offense um and yeah i mean they're they they were a really good team. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to LSU after this because obviously Burrow has gone to the NFL. Joe Brady got hired today by Matt Rule at the Panthers. There's a lot a lot has gone on uh, since we spoke, especially on the coaching carousel. So Ole Miss's first opponent for next year, Baylor, their head coach has gone to the Panthers. Um, now LSU's offensive coordinator goes to the Panthers as well. Um, don't know what's going to happen with Dave Aranda. I heard a rumor earlier today that he was being considered for that Baylor head coaching job. So if that was to happen, that would, uh, that would really gut Orgeron's staff. And obviously I think a lot of people agree that Orgeron as the head man is, is not really a very like technical, um, it's, it's not like he's one of those coaches that plays the coordinator role. I don't think on that team, if anything, I think he's like a, a D line coach or something. Um, but he needs like really good coordinators. I think it's safe to say to have his team playing at the level that it played at this year. So I, I think that's fair. But let's think about this for let's let's look at the other side of this for a minute. Okay, Bergeron has clearly demonstrated the ability to get the hell out of the way. He let a thirty-year-old guy be really the primary guy on offense, and Joe Brady. You know they're going to have a top five, top three roster in college football. So you're going to have talent. You're in the SEC. You get to go, you know, the West. You get to go prove yourself, Premier. And you can be dirty as hell recruiting, and nobody cares. Look at the damn, you know, children's hospital scandal. So it's well, like the children's hospital scandal. What about uh, OBJ handing out cash on the field in front of a million uh, cameras? Beckham, he's crazy. That's Beckham being Beckham. Why, why is Beckham treated the way he is? I just don't get it. But whatever. I don't actually. I don't want to waste any time talking about Beckham on here. <laughs> we're not taking. We're not taking Beckham discussions tonight. But hey, I mean, why not? Shit. <laughs> yeah. To me, I, to me, Ed ought to be. Ed's, I mean, okay, he's going to lose these guys, but hell, that's what you want to do. You want to be so good that people they can move up, move on, move up, and you go, you go hire other good coordinators. Yeah, and and he and, may, he. Go ahead. One one more point. Here's the thing: LSU, Alabama expects to win the damn title every year. LSU's like, hey, we kicked their ass. We had one of the best teams ever. I mean, Ed can, Ed can go nine and three with Miles Brennan or whatever happens, and you know, everybody's like, hey, whatever, rebuild, go from there. True. He, he's got some slack, some equity. So he definitely has some slack and some equity. I just, I, I, I feel like he's gonna have to make a good hire to replace Brady, and if he uses Aranda too, that's gonna be a, a however you pronounce it, that's gonna be a tough. 
one-two punch to overcome in one offseason. But, I mean, I agree. LSU is one of the highest ceiling jobs in the country, absolutely. I think Orgeron is its obviously proven now. hes a, He is fit to take them to the highest level as a program. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm not saying he won't get back there again. I'm just saying I feel like they're going to take a dip. It's not like it's not like Clemson where they lose that game and, and they're the favorite to win the whole thing next year um, because of the, the system Dabo has and the fact that Lawrence will still be there, uh, et cetera. I think LSU is – their fate next season is much more uncertain. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. I'm sure they'll still be good. They'll, they'll still be most teams in the SEC West, I would say. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to go 9-3 and three or better. Pretty much, pretty much a given at this point. So, mm-hmm. for sure. Um. All right. Let's see what else is going on, John. Uh, you heard about this Mike Leach guy? Yeah. State fires Moorhead, hires Leach. Um. It's already interesting because, like, you got Kiffin and Kiffin retweeting Leach, and Leach is being. I think the. I think. I think Leach is gonna. Or state fans are going to run into the problem here, where Leach isn't going to care about the Egg Bowl as much as um, as much as everybody wants him to. So we'll see what happens. I mean, well, I think Kiffin is a similar a similar case, right? I mean, their personalities both seem to be yeah, like they'll, they'll thrive Ole, on playing. Ole it down. Miss wants to ultimately wants to de-emphasize the Egg Bowl, or at least if they're going to be good, they need, that's what needs to happen. Where state lives and thrives for it. So it'll be interesting to see how this all, all shakes out. I think Le- Le- I think Leach makes state interesting. I think he I think he'll win win some games, but they're not gonna are you really concerned about him at the end of the day? If if Kiffin executes and builds the program we hope and think he's capable of, then Leach isn't gonna ultimately be a threat to that, just from a recruiting from a historical recruiting perspective. Yeah. Well, you, I don't know. I, I have my doubts about the leech hire. I, I like him as a person. So um, I guess I'm hoping I'm wrong, even though I'm not necessarily a fan of state, but I just, first of all, it obviously seems like a weird fit there. Right. I mean, just, just styles alone, like take nothing to do with personality. Just the fact that he's an air raid coach coming to a school that prides themselves like on linebackers and running backs uh, and defense. Um, and then also the fact that he's, he's older, he's like 60, not known for his recruiting. Um, you know, I guess the only thing you could say that would make sense is he's, he's somewhat of a developmental guy, right? I mean, he at least gets a lot of production out of like lowly rated QBs and wide receivers, stuff like that. So that kind of meshes with what they did under Mullen. Um, but I think it's going to be tough because I don't think Moorhead left the roster in great shape. And the roster, well, what Moorhead left does not fit Leach at all. I mean, yep. it's going to take a little bit of he, – he's definitely going to have a transition season. It, I mean, Cohen definitely made a panic hire that the more this plays out, it's like – Well, yeah. and then also I think the fact when you learn that um, he's he's making $5 million a year, to me that, that reeks of desperation. Did that get confirmed? Yeah, he's yeah, it, that's confirmed. And – and uh, it's crazy because that means that Billy Napier turned down $5 million a year for that job. 
Philly that, that, that guy's got some some deserves his career to crash. Yeah, he's a dumbass. He's now turned down state and apparently Baylor as well. And just turn him. He he didn't even talk to these people. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, it seems like uh, Cohen wanted Napier really bad. Was gonna hire Judge, and then Judge gets hired by the Giants, just which is crazy in and of itself. I I'm shocked the Giants did that. It seems like a terrible idea. Um, and then, you know, who knows what happens after that? Talks to a lot of other coaches, talks to Sarkeesian, uh, ends up with Leach kind of in a whirlwind. I feel like his name emerged and he was hired within a day or two. Uh, and the fact that they're, they're paying him 5 million, which is more than Mullen made, uh, pretty much until the very end. If even then, like, I feel like Mullen was only making close to that after freeze got that level. Uh, never got the five. It's, it's a lot, man. I mean, and Hey, kudos to state because I think that they know that, the SEC is about to have some money coming from this new deal with ESPN. Uh, you know, the CBS losing the bidding war to ESPN, all of that, and they're not afraid to spend it. But if I'm paying $5 million, I don't know if Leach is the guy that I'm pumped to have gotten. Maybe that's just me. Leach would have taken a job for three. So you would really think. Was. You would think, but maybe maybe he knew he had him in a, an advantageous negotiating position, right? So good for, good for Leach for getting that. I mean, frankly, I mean, paying him about $4 million, Paying him what we're paying, what Ole Miss is paying Lane would have been about right. Yeah, but. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's still, and that still would have been a raise from what he's making, and he would get to be in the SEC, so that would make sense. Oh, the Mike, fact but, that it got to five is, to me, kind of the most interesting part of that whole story. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's an under, been an understated point. I yeah. mean, I think okay, it's something that. We're not going to get. We're going to professionalize the egg bowl to an extent, which is good. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Back to basketball for a minute. So, sure. how much flat does Kermit have to fix this? Whatever the hell this mess is that got created. I mean, it wasn't intentional by any means, but it's a mess. I I think he has slack. You know, I think there's a difference in year two and year four, right? Um, yeah. So. Mm. I, I I think he has some slack, but I, I think next year will be really important for him. Um, and you know, I almost wonder if things are better or worse for him this year if he kicks uh, C off the team. You know what I mean? Like, I almost wonder if the fans are like, okay, that is justified. It must have been the player's fault, and that kind of gives him a little breathing room. Because a lot of the same. Well, I mean, Buffin, Henson. Schuler, Tyree were all on the team last year, and that group was cohesive. So it's, I mean, you wouldn't think that would really change. So it's interesting what, it's just interesting it's gotten as messy as it has. So, hell, if I'm Kermit, I'd, you know, kick somebody off a damn, you know, do something, basically say, here, you know, shit happened, change it for next year, see where it goes. Yeah, you sound a little muffled, John. Is that better? That is better. Thank you. No worries. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're all over the place tonight, but I, I'm just not. I'm not excited to watch this basketball team at all right now. I, I don't even tune in for most of the games. I mean, and I don't know where where you stand. I mean, recruiting. I guess the. I think the dead period is over. Maybe today now-ish yeah and they're and they're gonna go so there's basically three weekends before signing day 
supposedly Kiffin's got a five-star running back coming to campus. Ooh, I don't know about that. That's cool. Apparently, it's like one of the top five players in the country, I think, is what I saw. So Damn, we'll I saw see. he had some some defensive backs coming and whatnot. I mean, that'd be it would be exciting. Ole Miss fans would definitely be happy to uh, to have like a strong close to recruiting this year. I think they were feeling really good about Kiffin, and I think Ole Miss fans still are, but I do think the leech hire had its intended effect because it kind of sucked the air a little bit, a little bit out of Ole Miss's sails, the wind out of the sails, I should say, um, because – 100% if Ole Miss keeps Matt Luke like everybody thought they were going to, Moorhead is still there. I think we all agree on that. Um, we had been mentioned the, uh, the the way that Moorhead lost to Louisville in that bowl game. That was rough. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. I think, oh, I, no, I, think I, I know for a fact that's true. Come on, are you serious? You know for a fact. He went to like two bowl games that. and had a 14-12 and 12 record. And you're, you're His tell- locker room the starting quarterback literally got clocked to the point he broke his and, orbital bone. Like, and 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 we're talking about how he's going to turn it all around next year if Matt Luke is still there. It was a panic move. They they fired him after the bowl game. That does not happen. Whatever you want to say about the fight in the locker room or whatever, I I think he gets a talking to from Cohen, but he's not he's not the new OC at Oregon if Matt Luke is still the coach at Ole Miss. Hundred percent. I I feel very confident in that. I think that that set off a chain reaction where you can't let that was basically even though state won the egg bowl, if they had kept Moorhead through the through all the stuff with the bowl game and all of that, I think you just let Ole Miss take all the momentum in the state. And, that, and again, I give Cohen and State credit for recognizing that and, and getting rid of him and, and somewhat taking back the press conference. It's funny because State fans used to always make fun of Ole Miss for caring about winning the press conference. I think. I think State kind of re- regained some of that um, momentum in that way by making a change at coach. So, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, what uh, What else has happened? I, I don't remember when we last talked, John. Was Matt Luke the offensive line coach at Georgia last time we talked? I don't know. It, maybe. I mean, he looked he looked goofy and silly on the sideline there, at Georgia. I really, I mean, I get why he took the job, and I don't get why he took the job all at once. But whatever. I mean, you got to stay working, right? Also, he's he's probably getting paid pretty well by uh, by by Ole Miss still, right? Yeah. Now the buyout is mitigated by whatever Georgia's paying him. So mm, okay, so that in that case, it's not like he's just collecting double checks. Oh, exactly. Yep. So interesting. I, I, I he he should have taken a year off, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, I, credit to him. I guess he, I I think he really does like coaching, and I think I don't think he was in the old Miss job for the money at all. He he made some good money doing it, and the buyout is good money. But I think for him, it was about a lot more than that. Obviously, I agree. I think Matt Luke just likes does like coaching football. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and I think he has some pride as a former player, and I, I think he's he wants to be a good coach. I think we saw that while he was at Ole Miss. It just it didn't work out, and, and part of the problem, I think, was he was handcuffed to these terrible freeze coordinators for two of his three seasons. Uh, you know, well, just, he should have fought. He should have fired Longo and McGriff. Should have been gone after seventeen. Yeah, and, and even even if you blame him for not firing them, I still think that decision is one thing. I think his teams are made much worse um, 
by the fact that they were there, regardless of however it happened for them not to be fired or whatever. It's interesting to think about what what would have happened if he had had McIntyre and Richrod for two seasons instead of one. I don't know. Um, I think Richrod's a train wreck. Coming off <laughs> a lot of people do think that. A lot of people do have that opinion. I mean, what the you, you can't fuck up a quarterback situation worse than they did this year. That's really true. Can't. That's so true. We have Lane. Lane can manage the QB position. I guess you think uh, you think Plumley ever takes. Well, I guess there's a few different options, right? One option is Plumley leaves the team, whether that's to go somewhere else where he can play QB or to play baseball or whatever. One option is he stays and tries to compete for QB. One option is he plays like a uh, what's his face, the guy from the Saints. I'm trying to think of. You know, what I'm talking about their backup QB. Yeah, uh, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill and try to play like some Swiss Army knife role. That would be awesome. I'd love to see that. I don't know if Lane can convince him to do that. I think he, at least when he was in high school, the story was that he was refusing to go anywhere that wouldn't give him a legitimate shot at quarterback. He didn't want to be a running back or a wide receiver. Um, that that would be sick. I think that's the best outcome if you're an Ole Miss football fan. Although, you know, Ole Miss's outfield is pretty wide open now. I was reading yesterday on a Chase Parham article, so... Maybe he can contribute there. I don't know. I think him and Ely are both going to give it a shot at trying to make the uh, the baseball team. So it'll be interesting, basically, what I'm trying to say, to see what happens with Plumlee in the uh, in the Lane Kiffin era. Definitely yeah. a big question mark for me. I mean, Kiffin's not going to kiss his ass, that's for sure. I wouldn't think. We shall see what happens. We shall. Where do we stand with Ole Miss sports right now? I guess, I mean, we'll see how recruiting goes. Also, I mean, to me, it's kind of like, yeah, we'll see what Lane can get done. If he's really bringing in some top, get, get some top kids to at least visit, that um, speaks to what his brand could pull in from an interest standpoint. Yeah. I mean, uh, sorry, what did you say? Where, where do we stand with Ole Miss sports? Then you said, what about Kiffin? And where do we stand in terms of what's interesting at Ole Miss sports? I think basketball. I think basketball, you're taking a year off. If you're an Ole Miss basketball fan, you know, just wait and see and trust in Kermit. See where it goes. So I guess baseball will get going. Spring football will be kind of interesting. I, yeah, exactly. I think recruiting, you're watching. When is when is signing day, the second one? we got, like, what, two weeks left or something probably? February 6th, maybe, I think. No, uh, 5th. I the think 5th. Yeah. Wednesday the 5th. So that puts us about, what, three weeks from two days ago? Or yesterday, yeah. I should say. Three weeks from yesterday? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it, that's an interesting story in the interim until baseball gets started. I think once baseball gets started, you're interested because it's a young team with a lot of new faces. Um, I, I, I do think that you have to think with what we've seen out of Keith Carter so far, Bianco's seat is probably a little bit warmer than it definitely than it would have been under Bjork, I would think. And you know, I'm not saying this is like a, a, a winner go home season. He just lost in a super last year, like a really hard super, one of the hardest in the country. Um, but I think if if he has a couple of bad years, if I was him, I would I would start to get a little worried because I don't know if Carter is gonna put up with losing in the first round of the tournament repeatedly, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, that the Carter Bianco, how how all that unfolds, regardless of what happens with the season, will be very interesting to watch. Yeah. And I mean, Carter can flame out too. Lane Kiffin can turn out to be a terrible hire. Kermit go down the tubes. You know, who's Bianco has been here a long time. Carter's the first time AD. So 
I'm not trying to be all Pollyanna and say Keith Carter's going to turn Ole Miss into a contender in every sport. I have no idea. But off of our small sample size of Keith Carter, what he's done since he became AD, it certainly makes you think he's not going to keep somebody around just because they've been at Ole Miss for a long time. They love Ole Miss, etc. Um, you know, I, I think he, if what we saw with Matt Luke is any indication, and I, I also think that Baseball and football are different. You know, football is a big money sport. They really couldn't afford another season in Matt Luke in retrospect. Um, but I don't know. I just see, I, I feel some similarities. If if you're willing to, to can Matt Luke, you know, the, the, the former Ole Miss player with all these family ties to the program and the great guy the players love, it just, I, I don't think that you would have a lot of reservations about pulling the trigger on Bianco if it got to that point. That's just, that's just my opinion on what we've seen so far. Yeah, but I think Keith will be aggressive. I would expect him to be more aggressive than not on that front. We'll see. I mean, if you, we're getting too far ahead, but who, who's he going to be able to go higher? It's an interesting question. Yeah, I have no idea. And, and maybe Bianco, I mean, I feel like we've been saying this for at least five years, just the two of us in the context of this show. But I think Ole Miss fans have been saying this for 15 years. You know, maybe Bianco's going to turn that corner. Maybe things are going to change. He's got all these. He's got so many things going for him. You know, he's a former catcher and he has great pitching. And, uh, you know, he seems like the players like him. He recruits well. We we compete. Um, but I don't know. It always seems like Ole Miss is trying to get over that hump with the exception of 2014. Why teams get tight in the postseason? That's his problem. Yeah. Yeah. And we've and we've talked about that ad nauseum on this show. But it's, it's still the truth. Absolutely. It is what it is. So, um, And then uh, – this season is going to be interesting as well because I haven't looked at the whole schedule, and we'll get to that. But all I do know is that Ole Miss opens the season with uh, Louisville at home, and that's that's uh, crazy. Conference schedule is hard as hell, too. I mean, it's mm-hmm. but it, even just it, it, weekend one out of the gate playing like a top ten team. It's that's that's I mean that's cool. I like that. You know, I like let's let's not mess around. But that's also really tough, especially for a young team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. football. Watching on that front, yeah. No, I'm. I'll, I'll be interested for sure. Especially, it, it's. It also has that added wrinkle of, you know, who's the last? Was it Sinquez Golson, the last football player that you could recognize from football that you could see on the baseball field? So it'll have a little added uh, intrigue there as well, with the potential for Plumlee and Ely to be playing. Don't know how often, but it's supposedly they're in the mix uh, for those outfield spots. I, I think it's pretty open. You know, Olenek is gone. Um. Uh. Dillard is gone, so there, there's, and then uh, the all three are gone. Who's the, who's the other outfielder last year that I'm not thinking of? Oh, uh, Graham played in the outfield some. He's gonna play first base, I think. But who else played in the outfield last year? I don't even remember. It's been so long. Olenek, you had Dillard, you had uh, oh, sometimes sometimes Elko would play out there. You know, he's started a few games. Who the hell played right field? That's a good. I think I think Graham played it some. Yeah, I think that's true. But then when Graham was playing right field, I don't know who was playing first base. I, I got to refresh my memory of what happened last year. That seems like a lifetime ago. But yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. They have a few pieces from last year. They have some good pitching, you know, Nikhazy and Hoagland. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the bullpen looks like necessarily. I'm probably forgetting some guys from last year. Um, but 
I, I yeah, that'll be that'll be something. We'll talk about that when it gets here. Uh, what do you think spring football is going to play, John? You brought it up. What do you think about spring football this year? I mean, where are the quarterbacks? I'm curious how. What, what is Matt Corral's spring? That's the question to me. Yeah, can Lane can Lane fix him? Can Lane fix Corral's head? Or Tisdale? I mean, one of the. You told me Tisdale had a good spring and kind of emerged. Well, I think Tisdale is a good player. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised there. I'm if if Corral turned it around, I would give more credit. Well, you know, getting either one to 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 play up to like a starting SEC QB level would be good. But I just feel like if you turn Corral around, it's like even more proof that the offensive coaching last year was just awful because Corral just completely fell apart. I mean, they put him in that egg bowl. He tried to throw, like, he just came out and, like, tried to throw interceptions as quickly as possible. Like, he just seemed completely broken after the yeah. guy that we thought was going to be, you know, like a, a, a potentially a really good player at quarterback. So last year was just such a weird year for that offense. Some of their best games were completely meaningless, like against LSU. Do they do they do a couple of these receivers emerge as solid target SEC targets or? Do, yeah, the receivers they, last year completely dropped off too, and they were all going to transfer out, and then I think they pretty much all backed they, off from that. Do they have a deficiency at the receiver position? That'd be the other piece. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, can you develop an O line too to support it? Because you get you get you're good at running back. That's a given. Right. Um, the rest of it will be interesting to see how late. There's a doubt about that, although I wonder how much we actually see Ely in the spring if he's going to be supposedly actually trying to play baseball too. And that could all be kind of talk at this point. We'll see when the season actually starts how much he's actually out there. But You give Snoop Connor reps. And yeah, he's good. Snoop Connor's a good player. He's He could – I mean, if you told me Snoop Connor emerges a guy that got, you know – you know, forty percent of the carries just because of a spring. I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. Well, if if Snoop Connor's getting forty percent of the carries, I either think he's having a really good season or Ely is like taking a step back. And you know, it, both would be interesting developments next season for sure. Um, but but Ely definitely looked really good last season, so I think Lane will get uh, some good production out of the running backs for sure. I, I'm interested. You know, his at uh, at FAU he like put a lot of emphasis on the tight end. I don't know if that's because he had a really good tight end or because that's an important part of the offense to him. So we'll see on that front. Um, but I'm interested to see who that like player is that emerges. Maybe it's Ely, you know. Maybe it's a, 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 an edge receiver like you mentioned. I know they have that guy that transferred in at tight end, right? Chase Rogers, who was like really good at ULL or something. Um, is Cooley still there? I have no idea. I'm interested to see who becomes the focal point of the Lane Kiffin offense because it seems like he's going to find his best players and give them the ball based on recent history. That's what he's always done. I mean, he he didn't really have one offense other than just find the playmakers. Right. I guess. I guess we. I don't think we. I don't think this was out when we last talked. I guess the obvious thing we missed is uh, can everybody make it through the off-season conditioning program? That's the other. Uh, that's the other big thing to watch. What, are you, what, are you, what, are, what am I missing? Something that happened, or you just mean because that happens? No, just because we have. A, well, it was a very, it was a very crude DJ Durkin joke. Oh, oh, yeah, that one went right over my head. But yeah, you're right. That's um, yeah, good, good point. Hopefully, keeping him way, way up in the booth, far away from any type of uh, hands-on coaching. Like, if we're gonna hire. 
that guy with that history, it better be like an X's and O's thing because I, otherwise I don't understand it. You know, I am happy with the Partridge hire. Getting like Michigan's top recruiter is pretty nice. Um, but uh, I mean, it sucks to say, but I think the uh, the PR hit that you got from hiring Durkin like was correctly assessed by Kiffin as like a minor a minor risk, really, because as of now, I think that that blew over pretty quickly. Um, well, you know, everybody, everybody's passed it. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be used against Ole Miss on the recruiting trail. I have no idea. Um, it definitely was seemed like a, a weird and kind of icky icky thing. We already talked about Jeff Lebby on the show. Uh, yeah. I remember that last episode. He had been hired. So you had a zero tolerance policy for for Lebby, John. What are you going to do when the like half the staff has a questionable history? Are we are we zero tolerance across the board? How are we going to enforce oh, this? Lane is being aggressive. And you know what? If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. If it doesn't, he goes down in flames and, you know, Ole Miss does a lot of terrible things maybe. We'll see. We'll see. You know, it's hard. It's, it's, it's not, I'm not going to defend those hires, but I guess if that's what Lane Kiffin thinks is the the right move for the program, I guess we'll see what happens with it. But it it does seem like the PR blew over a little bit. We're going to go run a football program and, see what happens so apparently so yeah um let's see what else what other what happened what happened in the bowl games john what were some interesting bowl game storylines i'm trying to think back we 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 talked last time we talked we picked the bowl games um since then florida won a bowl looks pretty good what do you think florida's ceiling is under mullings i think they could be really good i think they could be really good too i think he's got a He's got to get the next quarterback in. I feel like is mm. what there, but but I, I do think it's interesting that Felipe Frank seemingly fit his system really well, and Mullen has no problem letting him transfer out and playing the the backup because it was working out better. And I think Mullen's a really good in game coach, and I think that's valuable, especially when you're at a program like Florida where mm-hmm. recruiting is easier. And you can get the guys in, and then at that point, the in-game coaching becomes enough to to get over the top against really good teams. I I think Dan Mullen could get Florida to the playoff. Um, obviously, it's you're gonna have to get. I think they can get to Atlanta. I think they can they can get past Georgia in the East. The question is, how are you gonna be able to get past Alabama or LSU or maybe mm-hmm. even A and M in a couple of years? Don't know whoever whoever's coming out of the West. That's gonna be the biggest hurdle. I feel like Mullen has to get over. Um, but if I'm a Florida fan, I think I feel pretty good about the way Georgia's looked under Kirby smart. They're not bad by any stretch, but they're beatable when you're really good. Kirby has a barrier from an in-game perspective. That's, that's become apparent. Who's the best quarterback returning in the SEC next year? It's realized because from is from declared Two is gone. Burrow obviously graduates. Uh So what does that leave? Um, Okay, let's think through this. Uh, Buddy back. Neither is Arkansas. Who's the guy? Who's the guy at A and M? Kellen Mond, who's not very good. Yeah, but we're talking about a really low ceiling here. I think he's up there. What about the wide receiver that plays quarterback for Kentucky? Uh, I don't know what they're going to do there. <laughs> Bo, Ni- Bo Nix is the best looking. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean Trask. Trask is a, Trask got a good season. I mean Trask, Nix. Uh, Who's the Bentley got hurt at South Carolina? Uh, Must champs got to do something this next year, otherwise that's going to get blown up. Yeah, it seems like that's um, 
That's a weird deal over there. I don't know. Yeah, Trask had 25 TDs to seven interceptions. Uh, uh, Kelly Bryant left Mizzou. It's it's the league's wide open from a quarterback perspective. So I'm you think you, you think Bama starts like a freshman, or they go back to uh, Mac Jones? Does he stick around? Uh, He's thinking about transferring. Yeah, yeah Mac Jones. Yeah, hell, Mac, if you told me Mac Jones ended up being the best quarterback in the West, it wouldn't be a shock. Well, he frankly. could definitely have a big year. I think that's there's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I I. I guess State will start Schrader, although if you told me that Leach brought in some unheralded freshman passer, Juco guy, that wouldn't be a shocker. I don't know if Schrader's the strongest passer, but I'm sure Leach can find some way to get something out of him there. I don't know what's going to happen there. Ole Miss, really not sure. I'm assuming it's a Corral or Tisdale. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you you told me it's Corral, that makes sense. Kind of keep him more within a system to keep him from freelancing, (laughs) stuff like that. I mean, even with all the moving parts and uncertainty around Ole Miss, I, I mean, given every all the turnover in the SEC, if you told me Lane Kiffin ended up with, uh, you know, an upper half, top half of the league quarterback situation in 2020, that would not be a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm willing to go there because you're talking about top half of the league with basically no returning starters, as we just no, discussed. Nobody's guaranteed to be like, is like a definite yep. He's right, gonna- so then you look at you look at who's going to be put in the best situation based on system, and then also who has raw talent and who can get coached up. And if you told me Corral had the talent, was able to be coached up, and was put in a position – to, to have good numbers and look good, um, you know, it's believable. I mean, same with Tisdale. We we haven't seen enough of Tisdale to know for sure, uh, but it's believable. I I'm really I mean, I think the season for Ole Miss is fascinating. Just like any time you have a new head coach, there's a lot as a fan to be interested in, like how they how the games play out, what you see. You know, it's a whole it's 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 like seeing through a whole new eyes when you look at your team that you cheer for with the new coach, and then I think you add another wrinkle onto that when you have someone like Kiffin that's established and has this pass and this track record. Um, so there's going to be a lot to look for in that. And then I think it's it's not an easy schedule, but if you find a way to beat another new head coach in Baylor, uh, at, sorry, at, at Baylor here in Houston, um, <laughs> that's that's a huge piece of the puzzle you didn't think you were going to have. Uh, yep. A couple of months ago, when Baylor was winning so many games, and Baylor still be good. They they have a pretty uh, experienced team, so I think they're going to lose a lot. Um, and I'm sure whoever they hire, they'll still be a good team. But it's much more winnable than it was before Rule left. I think that's safe to say. Yep, I would agree with that. So that becomes a huge opportunity. Um, and then you know it's the SEC West you're going to have to play a lot of tough games but if Matt Luke can keep him in games I would hope Lane Kiffin can keep this team in in some games as well yep would agree with that would absolutely agree with that so anyway what uh conference championship games this weekend in the NFL I guess mm-hmm. what do you, what do you think for the Super Bowl all right so we it's, we got Packers 49ers Titans Chiefs I'm a, I, I was a little I was down on the Titans last week because I liked the Ravens and I, I wanted Lamar Jackson to roll, but they didn't. The Titans looked really good. The Titans looked good when they beat the Patriots as well. Um, so this is that's all to say I don't think I, I don't want to sound like sour grapes, but I, I do think the Chiefs are very good. Um, I think that their passing game is really hard to defend, and I don't know how good the Titans' pass D is. 
Um, I think if they can get Mahomes time, guys will get open downfield, and that could be that could be pretty tough. Um, and I don't think in a shootout, Tennessee can keep up with Kansas City. And we saw how explosive Kansas City was against the Texans last week when they got down twenty-four to nothing and, and easily won and, and won a blowout, um, which in the NFL is like honestly pretty unheard of against any team to yep. to to. Not only win a game you're down that much in the playoffs, but to turn it into the laugher is um is is kind of insane. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So to me that uh that says that that Kansas City offense is is scary. Um, so that's my pick in that game. Although you know if the Titans if the Titans win that game, I think they're officially like a team of destiny. If the Titans beat the Chiefs, honestly, I think maybe they they should they're gonna win the Super Bowl. Because there's two other good teams over there, but at that point they've beaten the Patriots, the Ravens, the Chiefs. How scared are you really going to be of the Packers or the 49ers? So it's a, it's an opportunity for sure. If the Titans have another kind of a, a lot of things went their way in the first couple of games, but they still played really well. If they can get the breaks again and they and they were to win that game this week, I mean they got to be feeling good going to the Super Bowl. But on the other side, um, I think I like the 49ers. I think the Packers are kind of underrated, which is funny to say for the Packers. Um, it should be a good game. I think that should be a good game. That's in San Francisco, right, or in Levi Stadium? Yeah, it's in San Fran. Yep. I think it's. I think Chiefs Niners to the Super Bowl. I think Chiefs win it this year. It's just kind of lined up for them. They've well, they've passed the back third of the year. They played much better on defense. Sarkeesian. We know with Sarkeesian, it takes time for. Defense for that system to be implemented. Mm. Um, they had the the Dolphins uh, taking knocking New England out of the bye week, gave Kansas City a bye, and then you turn around, and you see, um, and then you have Tennessee go in and beat Baltimore, so you play the conference title game at home. It just kind of feels like everything's lining up for them. So, yeah, and, and I I think. Um... Kansas City, like they weathered the middle of the season. They they went through a period with Mahomes and Tyreek Hill out. Um, you know, they started first game of the year, Tyreek Hill got hurt. Um, and they've they've kind of done it without like any bell cow running backs. You know, they're they're a very adaptable team, I feel like. And they, they also they have a, a good defense for sure. I don't I don't even think Chris Jones played against the Texans, right? I don't know if he's gonna be back. Um, but when yeah. he is back, that's that's a huge piece. Uh, for that defense and yeah Andy Reid has never actually won a Super Bowl right has he no I can't I think it, I'd like to see Andy Reid win a Super Bowl too but yeah but at the same happen. time if, if you told me the 49ers and Garoppolo won I think that would be a cool storyline as well I mean Shanahan took them from the dumpster to the championship in their in their league in like three seasons yeah you think? Do you think Belichick is is upset that he he had to move on from Garoppolo? Oh yeah, that that eats at Belichick. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. What? So what's the what's where does that go? What is is Brady there next year? Is he somewhere else? Is he quitting altogether? Yeah, what's your take? I don't think, I don't think anybody knows the definitive answer to that right now. What's your gut say? What's your guess? Gun to my head, Brady's back for one more year, but and they they go yeah. get a make kind of a couple big swinging moves to bring in some offensive weapons, and I think you know that probably gives up a bit medium term to try to mm. make more run at one more run at it with Brady. 
Yeah, see, I, I, I personally thought that this year they could, like Brady, they could have still won this year if, if the supporting cast wasn't so bad. I mean, at one point they had Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown on the team, and that kind of tells you how desperate they were to try to find somebody to, to be like a game breaker for them because I think they really had a big lack of skill players uh, on that offense. And I think they, they seriously miss Gronkowski, obviously. Like that's that's a big that's been a big blow um, to the Patriots' offense. You know, I've heard rumors that he might come back. Yeah, I think he's got the whole TV celeb deal figured out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe he does. I don't. I don't. I I'm not a huge Gronk fan, but at the same time, I did like watching him uh, when he would just go crazy in games. I don't know if he would come back and be the same. But if you told me he he came back for Brady's last season or something, I mean that's believable. And Jason Witten did it. Shit. Speaking of, what's up? What's up with your Cowboys, John? Uh, McCarthy is probably about as sensible a hire as they could have made. I think I'll it think. definitely makes sense. I mean, I, I think it's it's a it's a total NFL hire, right? That's this is what the NFL does is they recycle guys. Yep. But, but hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a retread, he's like one of the more successful retreads they could have gone with this year, if not the most successful. Exactly, exactly. So, hey. so what do you what do you think the future holds? Do you think um Dak is there long term and him and McCarthy are, are like the him and Aaron Rodgers type relationship going on? Uh sure, why not? Yeah, so you're not you're not too you're not too bought in yet, I feel like. You're just kinda like wait and see mode, it sounds like a little I'm bit. Gonna have to like go deep in the playoffs slash win it before I believe it. Really? Yeah. Well, I saw something on Twitter or something that uh, McCarthy was changing up defense and special teams, but he was leaving the offensive system mostly intact. And obviously he retained, uh, what, Kellen Moore, is that his name? Yeah. The OC. So is that, a, is that a good thing as a Cowboys fan? Are you fine with the offense of the last couple of years? As long, I, always, if you... I always liked Kellen Moore as a player in college. So Okay. I don't know what the hell it's going to translate to from a coaching staff perspective. But he was the OC this year too, right? Yeah. So how do you like the offense this year they had? You happy with that? Yeah, I mean, I think they, they put up yards. They didn't score as many points. It's right. Kind of, right. Sit there and you go, okay, guys. So. Yeah. You got you to have a conversation about finishing. I'm just happy it's not fucking Jason Garrett anymore. Yeah. I, and I think that's that's the right take if you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, well, I wish I I, I wish uh, the Texans would would make a bold move like that. Well, actually, I mean, firing Jason Garrett isn't a bold move at this point, but I wish the Texans would make a bold move and, and move away from O'Brien because I just think it's it's not going anywhere fast. But hey, they got to the second round of the playoffs. There you go. Hey, exactly. I mean, they they won like ten games this year, won the division, but it was in very sloppy yep. fashion. Yep. And the, the one game that we went to, the Broncos decimated them. So that's that's kind of how it feels being a Texans fan. To, to give the Texans credit, they, their fan base is horrible. I think I've talked about it on the show before, but the Texans fans are like by far the worst in this town. Um, they, they don't deserve to win, so I won't I, I won't uh, I won't defend um, the fans or attack the coaching too much because it's it's they're probably getting exactly what they deserve. They don't deserve to win. That's pretty funny. They suck, man. They suck. Um, yeah, we're going to the uh, we're going to the rodeo at NRG in March. You know, that's like the, that's like the big thing here. You know about this? Uh, a little bit. 
people here are like obsessed with the rodeo. So like, first of all, they say that the rodeo is, is a bigger deal than the Texans because the rodeo sells more tickets and has more days. Right. So the Texans use NRG like eight, 10 times a year. And the rodeo uses it like 25 days in a row or something. And so they're, they're like the bigger tenant at NRG. And so apparently it's like a bigger deal. Gotcha. Yeah. And then people are like, people love the rodeo and you buy a ticket for the rodeo and then you, you get to stay in the same seat for like the concert or whatever. So people buy tickets for the acts after. And it's like, it's like a bunch of big names, like Willie Nelson, a bunch of country stars and they have like R and B rap night. And they have like, uh, they actually have like a K-pop act coming this year. Uh, but there's like an EDM night, but they, they get some, they get some seriously big names and apparently like millions of people come, uh, from all over Texas or all over the South or whatever for it. So should be interesting. I've heard there's like a big barbecue fest, uh, right before it starts like in Memphis. And then outside the, the rodeo, there's like a, it's like a big fair apparently. And you get, you get into that with all your, um, with your ticket to the rodeo and stuff. So it should be cool. And I mean, like any event at NRG, like I've said before on the show, it's super easy for us to go because we can just take the train from our apartment. So don't have to deal with parking or anything. That makes it, you know, like five times more attractive to go to some big crowded thing. So it should be fun. My, my little cousins are like three and six and they're obsessed with bull riding. So they're coming uh, and we're going to go watch the professional bull riders and stuff. So yep. That'd be good. that should be fun. That should be fun. It's a little uh, glimpse into, um, into Houston life. Funny story about the radio. My, uh, my boss tells the story about he's um he's from like the Caribbean mm-hmm. and, bef- and before he was in Texas he lived in North Carolina so he came to to Houston for like a job interview and uh it just happened to be what they call like go Texas day or something like that at the rodeo and apparently everybody in town I haven't lived through this yet but apparently everybody in Houston on this one day wears like cowboy hats and boots and and yeah. like dressed like a cowboy right and so this guy, this guy's in Houston for the first time from North Carolina. And then before that, from the Caribbean, he just thinks that like everybody in Houston dresses like this every day. He's like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? That's a, it's always a really good one. That, that story gets a good reaction every time. So, uh, looking forward to experiencing the rodeo for the first time. I guess that's the, uh, the big sport on the horizon for us here in Houston. I don't know. The Rockets are cool. Russ, Russ is playing well. I think the rest of the team is playing poorly. They're kind of on a losing streak right now. So I feel like I'll start watching the uh, the Rockets like around when the playoffs start, probably. Yeah, that sounds like that's typical hockey basketball. Pay attention in April. And- yeah, exactly. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the Astros a lot this year. But shit, Hinch is gone. You know they're down a lot of draft picks. Apparently they got to stop stealing the signs. I feel like it's really gonna affect our uh, our performance on the oh, field. How are they gonna win games? I know, I know. So that's that's unfortunate. You hate to see that. But hey, as someone that lives uh, basically downtown, definitely hoping it's going to negatively impact ticket prices. It'll be easier for me to go take in a game whenever I feel like it without having to spend too much. That's, that's the upside. I feel like there you go. Good deal. Yeah. All right, John. Well, we did it. We talked about whatever there was to talk about. I feel like we touched on everything. We talked about uh, Mike Leach, talked about bowl games, kind of talked about the NFL, talked about the cheating scandal, got some Lane Kiffin talking, talked about how Kermit's team was bad. Even mentioned baseball. I feel like uh, we really touched all the bases this time. We 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 got it. We got a whole month worth of topics in. Good deal. We can talk about why Bernie Sanders hates women. Yeah, that's, Unless... this, this is you as a as a as a closet Trump supporter trying to stir up the uh, the Democratic primary. I can tell. 
I'm just asking why it's even a topic. Well, I don't know if it's fair to say someone believes anything based on you know what their their direct opponent in anything. A little desperation tactic from the uh, Warren camp. It would it would feel a little bit like that, uh, just a couple of weeks out from Iowa. But you know, what are you gonna do? I don't know. It's it's kind of like being accused of cheating by your your cross divisional rival or whatever. It's kind of what they have to say, what you would expect them to say at this point. It's a it's a uh, dog eat dog world out there. John politics is a zero sum game for these candidates. You know. Yeah. See where this all goes. I think so. Warren. I, I think that Warren definitively said that she's not interested in being Bernie's vice president with this whole thing. So there's there's that. That's that's the big takeaway. If Bernie was to get the nomination, I think yep. it's a safe bet that uh, Warren's not interested in being the VP. Which before now was like seemed like a possibility for sure, like a distinct possibility. But you know, interesting, right? Yeah. <sighs> we'll see. Iowa's coming up, so we got that'll be the that that's the thing, John. It's twenty twenty, it's an election year, summer Olympics, it's a leap year. There's there's lots of kind of offbeat uh sports for us to discuss in the in the coming year. So we have that to look forward to. That'll be good. Yeah. Alright. Alright, well thank you, John. Uh thanks for taking time out of your day. I hope our listeners appreciate it. You know, uh distance makes the heart grow fonder right so hopefully while we've been gone for several weeks here they've just been waiting for our return breathlessly but we'll see soon yep <laughs> yep, yep. all right <laughs> what what are you guys yeah i didn't really leave you much uh much room to respond to that one there wasn't really anywhere to go with that we're all set well all right we're all set everybody thanks for listening John, I'll talk to you later, my friend. Uh, until next time, bye-bye. All you gotta do is just...